Core family, welcome back to another episode of the Charlie Charlie One podcast. Now in this episode, I'm going to be talking to someone I've known for, God, well over 10 years now, uh, former Royal Marine, Jim Morris. Jim is now the transition support officer for RMA, the Royal Marines charity. Uh, I'm not going to explain what it is he does because that's what we talked about. So go grab a wet, hunker down for the next 30 to 35 minutes and learn a little bit about what it is that Jim does and how he helps and supports members of the core family. All right, Jim. First of all, thank you um, for giving up your time to be a guest on the podcast this morning and welcome to the podcast. Now what I wanted to do is, the idea behind this is I wanted to interview various members of staff at the charity and at the association and help to get the word out there about what it is that they do in their specific job roles. Because I think there there's a lot that goes on in the charity and in the association behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about. And I think that your job specifically is is one of those roles. So first of all, to give the whole episode today a bit of context, uh, give people a bit of background, I thought it'd be interesting if we rewound the clock a little bit and talked about your career. Um, when you joined the Corps, what you did in the Corps, that kind of stuff. Transitioning through to a period where we first met, and then transitioning through to leaving the core and doing what it is that you do now. If that's okay with you. Yeah, that's great, Mark, but it will be winding the clock back quite a long way. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I did join in October the 18th, 1977, when I turned up at Limston, and uh, that's when it all started. I was 17 and two months, two months old. Uh, Passed out with the same troop, 110 troop. I think there's been about three different 110 troops since then. I've never been back for one of the reunions. Uh, Our troop was quite a... We weren't that close, to be honest. There's only one guy I ever sort of kept in touch with. So, you know, it's strange. A lot of guys do keep in touch with their their, uh, troop mates, but we didn't. We all went different ways. Um, So I joined 4-2 at 17. Um, They were training to go to Arnott Banner to South Harmar. And... Did the training with them, but I wasn't old enough to deploy to the province until I was 18. So on the on my 18th birthday, which was in the August, I uh, got, well, we didn't fly out. We got a ferry, me and three other guys, uh, go straight out to South Armagh. And I went down to Fork Hill. And I was I was going back to Old Company, who I uh, joined from training, and uh, took the place of a guy who'd been blown up, actually. Um, a car bomb had gone off in Fork Hill, and... Corporal Dusty Miller um, sadly died, and uh, Marine Hayes Davis, who was his radio operator, got um, got injured, and he did the full um, contact report whilst being injured, lying on his back. And I took I took HD's place and finished the tour um, with L Company. Um, after that, then I did the usual Norways and stuff with the unit, and then I went on HMS Endurance. Had a great time on there. Um, saw some fantastic places, and you know this is. I look back over my career, I did some fantastic fun things, you know, it was a lot of fun in them days in the Corps, uh, I'm not sure if it is so much now, but um, I did enjoy my time as a young Marine. Um, 
spent time in 40 commando in a rifle company. I was quite proud to say I've served every rank from Marine to Sergeant Major in a rifle company oh, you know, wow. from 40, over foot in 42 and 40. So that's, uh, that's pretty unique. Yeah, it's quite not many people can say that. You know, a lot of people have had jobs in HQ and gone off to logs and things like that, but I always managed to stay in the rifle companies and mainly because um, I, my SQ, I'd become an ML um, after, after my juniors and and the Falklands, after the Falklands. The reason I wanted to be an ML was um, the MLs in my company down south were the best in the field, I thought, and everyone looked up, so they never looked cold, they never looked tired, they were always smiling in the face of adversity, as we say, and uh, it encouraged me to, I think, I want to be one, like one of them, and I, I did my MLs course um, after my second island tour, and um, it's the famous one. The the branch call it the TV twos, but it's the one that was uh, behind yeah, the lines. Yes, yeah. I so, that. so um, my colleague Pam um, has been sadly putting it on YouTube over the last <laughs> couple of weeks and calling me in to try. She couldn't recognise the young Jim Morris, but uh, once she saw the guy with the hair and the tash, she realised who it was. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So I did that. Um, did my time in different uh, various, you know, the the, the units. Um, seniors uh, became a TQ in K Company ended up staying in K Company for quite a long time did the TQ job then went on to the Salt Majors job there in K Company which was a an ML uh, PID for the MLWO2 so so I was company Salt Major for K Company and probably uh, my best time in the call that and being a troop sergeant was probably the best times I really enjoyed that having get to know the guys always always thought it's good to know your men and uh, you know, my, my, the guys in K Company knew every one of them inside out and I've carried that sort of um, way of doing my business onto what I'm doing now and I like to know the ins and outs of everything so <laughs> sometimes the lads might think what the f*** do you want to know or do you want to know that but it's all part of knowing the guys and how to how to work with them gotcha. um, I went outside in 2000 became a builder for a bit family had a building business and um, that was going fine, um, but we were based in South Wales, um, building houses on land we, we bought. We bought land, built a house on it, and sold it. So it was a small small family business, which was doing quite nicely. But I decided to move back to Plymouth because one of my sons, um, who was with my first wife, was getting himself in a bit of bother. So I moved back to support him, and he came to live with with me and my new wife by then. Um, he ended up going to college and he's doing fine now. But while I was there, I worked for another company um, in Devon who used to do building work, uh, insurance work, minor contracts. And I was the area manager for that. And I had a team of about a dozen builders that we covered the whole of Devon. So we'd you know, be traveling around doing, I do all the health and safety, price the jobs, stuff like that. But while I was doing that, I met um, an old pal of mine who I'd known from being a Marine, um, I'd been his section commander. Then I was his troop sergeant when he was a uh, troop commander because he got corps commission. Uh, a guy called Cy Fuller. I met him in the Drake Circus one Christmas, and we ended up chatting, asking what you're doing now. Conversation, and he told me he was the CDO, corps drafting officer. And now you know we sort of passed Merry Christmas sort of chats. And uh, my parting remark to him was, "If you know any good jobs for any crusty old salt majors, let me know." <laughs> And then a week later, he phoned me up and said, have you heard of Hasler Company? And I said, no, I've never heard of that. What's that? And he said, well, I think it would suit you. Do you fancy going for an interview? So I went for an interview. Um, 
I got the job and I was at Hasler Company of Sotomayors for eight years and that's where I first met Mark. Mark was one of the first guys in Hasler. Um, yeah, that was different. So different now, isn't it? When we first met there, it, it was me, you, Ben McBean, the OC, and just a TV room, wasn't it? Your office, yeah. the boss's office, and a TV room. It's, yeah. um, it's a million miles away yeah, from that it, now. It has um, expanded massively and evolved over the years to probably... Uh, at its peak, the best rehab and recovery place for any serviceman to go, not just Royal Marines, but it was made like that by employing Royal Marines to look after Royal Marines. And uh, that was our ethos, Royal looking after Royal. And it really worked. It's uh, okay, it was born out of the combat years in Afghanistan. Uh, so that, sadly, lots of guys had to go to Hazard Company, but they went there and they did get the best recovery uh, pathway, whether it was. Um, helping them to recover from their injuries as best they can, but also to get them a new life, a new career, a new something to focus on, whether it was through sport and ambition and challenging activities or just running their own businesses and just being successful in their own right. And loads of marks testament to, to that for the type of guys that, that went through there. I'm very proud to, to have known these guys and I still keep in touch with all of them today. Uh, so. do, you, do you know what I found one of the... The best things about that, about has the company is, so between my time at Headley Corps, um, I think at the same time I was doing a, a graduated return to work program at four two in, in the pay office while lads were deploying Harry Nine. People would ask me what unit I belonged to, and obviously by the time I, when I joined forty pre deployment training, deployed, got injured, went to Headley, everyone had come back, and you know we were you know two and a half three years, everyone's gone, and I didn't know what to actually tell them. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm kind of at 4-2 at the minute, but my rehab's at Headley Court, but when I deployed, I was at 40, I didn't know what to say. Mm. And then as the company came along, um, which was very convenient for me being in Plymouth, and it's where I live, but then I had that sense of belonging, and I said, I'm a, I'm a rank from Hasler Company. Jim Morris is my sergeant major. You know, Pete Carrots is my OC. This is where I belong. And, you know, and then, you know, started doing the, the retraining and, and getting my head together for eventually leaving and, and it was so beneficial because I just felt lost before that came along and, and all the help that you gave me and, and everyone there so you know although I, I had nothing to do with the setup of that place at all but I still feel very proud that it was a Royal Marines initiative you know it's obviously you know it's tri-service now but again the core seeing that need filling that need leading the way and just helping the lads you know it's, it's helped countless numbers of people you know, since, and I think a lot of people like you came back into the corner to fulfill yeah. the staff roles. Yeah, the staff at the time were nearly all HRS contracts, and some of us transferred to a tailored career. Which um, Phil Joyce, who was SO1 recovery at the time, I think he made that up so he could keep us there for a long time. And uh, I did eight years on that on that tailored career. It was fantastic. But what Mark was saying about having somewhere that you belong to, and that's what a lot of the guys miss. A lot of the guys when they're injured were just sent home for long periods of time, go to Headley Court and go home and. It didn't feel part of things anymore. Lost touch with their mates and what's going on in the core. So we brought them back in. Uh, there was a structured um, training program for rehab in the morning and education and, and retraining stuff in the afternoons and interest stuff. Loads of interest stuff and loads of sport. Uh, and in them days, um, I think we had a, a the Royal Marines charity on speed dial for cash because we, we there was money was no object for anything. And it's obviously tightened up and changed now, and it's all done very. Uh, in a, process driven but at the time 
we needed it. Uh, we needed money for certain things and we got it really quick. And I used to do briefs to other units and one of the things I used to sort of compare Hasler Company to like a big snowball rolling down a mountain and it was getting bigger and bigger, bits falling off and smashing into things and Royal just making things happen and that's how it worked. The army at the time uh, was setting up their their um, uh, recovery centres but they didn't really do much until they got everything written down on paper. We had no book, we had no uh, pamphlet to follow. There was a, a BR3, chapter 33, there, yeah, listen to me, I can still remember that, <laughs> that um, was our, our Bible and that was about three pages in, in the BR3. The army, when they finally wrote theirs, Agai 99 they called that, and it was a great big massive document, you know, thousands of pages, but they did tell them everything how to do it. But Royal being Royal, we just had the flexibility, and I also had the flexibility to make decisions to suit the guys, and we could get around things, most things that way, legally, of course. Now, you were, you, eight years since you did it as a company, yeah. and you were honoured for the hard work you did there, you got the MBE back in? Uh, I was on the New Year's Honours list in 2013 and received it in 2014, but I always say to everyone, that was a, a company honour, um, the great work that the whole team were doing. You know, I was the lucky guy who got the, the MBE and I'm very proud to have that and it was a lovely day going with my mum and my wife and my son who's, who was also a serving Royal Marine at the time uh, to get to get that honour and the Queen, Her Majesty, gave me the MBE and I was very proud to to, to see her and you know and speak to her about it but it was a, a, a proud thing to have but it was also something for the company that showing that what we were doing for the guys and and we, you know, our phones were never turned off. You know, our phones were by our beds. We, if the phone rang at five o'clock in the morning, we'd answer it and action whatever that guy needed at the time. And it was exciting, you know, that snowball was rolling all the time. Yeah, um, I, I remember it all. I remember, and, and you, what he says, right, you know, if we need anything, we pick up the phone, we ring, and we knew it was taken care of. And that was a massively reassuring from my point of view and my family's point of view. You know, with everything that you're going through at the time, to feel that you can, that you can do that, mm. you know, and and you probably can't comprehend it the way I'm trying to explain it, but it, it it's one of those things that it's kind of intangible. It, it made such a difference to us as as what do you call them, patients or casualties? Well, of that's that's we used to call you guys your sign ranks. Um, the doctors called you the patients, but we thought no, they're not patients. They're bootnecks. Yeah. There, there are assigned ranks where they're assigned to Yankee Company, K Company, or the Hustler Company. You're just assigned to us. And, and, and even little things like that, again, from a assigned ranks perspective, makes a difference rather than being pigeonholed as a or called a, a patient. The way it makes you feel, mm. you know, and that was a big thing about Hustler Companies, where it made you feel not only that you belonged, but that you weren't, you know, thrown on the scrap heap effectively, that you were still productive and active, you were still a bootneck mm. and you know, things had just changed and we were just figuring it out yeah. until we, we transitioned and started a new adventure. So, eight years at Hasbro Company, MBE, to, to hold 22 years in the corps before that, the entire time? 23, 23 if you want to be picky, so did years there, time. <laughs> 23 years in the corps, eight years in Hasbro Company, what happened next then? Okay, well, as you can imagine, working at Hustle Company, we worked very closely with the Royal Marines Charity and we identified very early on that when guys were leaving, there was a bit of a gap 
uh, it was like walking off the edge of a cliff from leaving the Corps with all that support, especially in the recovery pathway with Hasler and the recovery troops in, in the units, that there's so much there on offer for the guys. But when they left, if they didn't come back and ask, you know, about certain aspects and of help that they might need, then they'd forget about it and they'd get forgotten about. So my role was set up to fill that gap. So as a guy leaves, um, it, whether it's med medical discharge, whether they're whether they fail a drugs test, a CDT, whether they um, go out on an admin discharge for being on a warn on the warning system, and for whatever reason, we'll support them because they are at the end of the day they're Royal Marines, and if they got in trouble, tough. If they're hurt, we'll look after them. If they if they messed up, we'll look after them if they need it. So that gap was filled, and my role then is to fill that gap by being the interlink between the guy leaving, the guys already out there that have left who might pop up years later who are having issues, and they're a hard group to track. There's a lot of guys will put the notice in after doing you know, several tours back to back and they've had a tough time of it. They've seen mates get hurt and killed uh, and they just think, I've had enough, and off they go. Well, then years later, they're the ones that um, we read about in the papers. So tracking them's hard and I do rely on social media and, and thanks for Mark for letting me do this, things like this to get the word out there that we're out there to any Royal Marine who needs help uh, can get in touch with me or anyone else in the charity and it will get, uh, you know, if they need help, we'll be able to sort them out and, and get them back on the, the right track. So, yeah. And you, your official, the title is Transition Support Officer. Yeah, the title yeah, is Transition Support Officer. Um, I mean, transition's a massive uh topic all in its own so there's a transition section at Limson who do the employment and education but I, I do a bit of everything I've got the best job I think because I I link the guys to everything the charity does whether it's from mental health provision with the NHS and privately whether it's uh, finding them a job re-educating them getting them into university finding out how much how they're going to pay their university fees we've got guys who are in university using their enhanced learning credits and they didn't know how they could do that or if they could do that. We've got a guy in university who ran out his LCAS. He timed out because he couldn't face going to, to do anything. He was, so, he was so ill. Eventually he recovered enough to get into university but his, his enhanced learning credits had timed out. So we fought the case with the help from uh, the education officer at 30 Commando and they're going to reinstate his LCAS. That's fantastic. So from uh, adaptations to properties to buying bits of kit to and another fun part of my job is getting the guys on trips there's loads of um, opportunities for bootnecks people want to help bootnecks and they want to um, send them skiing they want to take them uh, uh, mountain biking they want to challenge them at sport in various things from Israel to America and the Invictus Games and all sorts of stuff like that and Part of my role is to get the guys, let the guys know about these things that are going on. And this year alone, I've had guys go to skiing in Bulgaria, skiing in Chamonix. They're going to Israel, albeit with the, hopefully, because yeah, of the virus. But these things are all planned. Um, tickets for the Army, Navy. Um, my family are going to Jersey when we yeah, go June the other week. Jersey, brilliant. Yeah, got links with Hollisfield's Jersey, another small charity who love Royal Marines and... Um, if anyone wants to go to that, they can fill a form in and I can sponsor them. And, you know, usually if there's the Royal Marine sponsor on it, they, as uh, Richard Woodhouse, who the, the bloke who set the charity up in Jersey, says he, he never refuses a Royal Marine. So, mm -hmm. you know, watch that space. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of stuff out there. For challenging activities for guys. Royal Marines from Hasler went to the Rio Olympics. 
from a little company, mm. less than 100 people, five went to Rio. There was um, Phil Eaglesham, Air Rifle Shooting, representing Ireland. Joe Townsend, uh, representing GB, he lives in Eastbourne, doing uh, triathlon. Uh, JJ Chalmers was doing the TV um, Anchorman stuff, and he's still doing it now, brilliant. Mo Morris uh, was out there as Phil's assistant. And, and this year's, you know, if it happens, the Tokyo Olympics, uh, Phil Eugsham's going again, and Joe Townsend's qualified to go again. Joe Townsend is the Commonwealth Games gold medalist. The, he's an animal. Yeah, like, he is a, a beast. And uh, early days in Hasler, he's about, he's changed so much and achieved so much. You know, he'll hopefully he'll get a gold in Tokyo, write a book, and then we'll all be able to read about him. And he's, he, Joe's a great example as well because he, he found quite early on what he was passionate about post injury because he, he was injured, I think, eight or nine weeks after I was, so we met very early on. And he found that passion almost instantly and just put everything he had into it. Yeah. And I think that's a, a I'm not going to say it's a problem, but I think that's where a lot of people struggle through this transition phase is mm. they've been a bootleg and they either wanted to do that for however long, but through injury, illness, whatever, can't do it, or they decided to leave. And then when they leave, they realise how much they miss the lads, the culture, the, the life, the, the lifestyle, and they, I think they maybe, some of them maybe take it for granted a little bit, mm. and they don't know what they're passionate about moving forward, and that's where I think they struggle. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's why I love to do this stuff, to get those stories out. I've spoke to a, a bunch of other guys in, in a different context, Lee Spencer, for example, about his roles and all that kind of stuff, because I want to spread those stories and reach out to other people, and they'll see guys that have been successful, and hopefully then that will encourage them to find their passion, you know, yeah. and to do what it is that they love doing. And this is why, you know, being here now, why talking to you is so important, is to get the message out about what you do, yeah. you know, because and, and you do this all on your own at the moment. I know there's a there's things in place to get a. Yeah, we're looking at recruiting a guy for Scotland and the north of England, but that's on hold uh, at the moment. Uh, we probably have someone by next year, um, which because at the moment my my remit is the whole of the UK and Northern Ireland, and well, it is the UK, but the whole you know, and guys, I even have guys on the books that live in Fiji, uh, South Africa, France, all over the place, and okay, we don't go and visit them more's the pity but um, we do keep in touch with them and we can do all sorts of stuff but with uh, with our IT stuff and support them you know from a distance so the core has long arms you know the charity definitely has and so just quickly before we wrap up just to kind of summarise it all maybe an, an example so the people you work with are either transitioning out of the core or they're already out yeah no matter how long it's um, guys who the guys I, I support are what we class as, and you might not like the name, but it's vulnerable service leavers. So if you get melee discharged, admin discharged, or guys that have um, sadly failed a drug test, we will support them. But also the guys that are already out there that may end up vulnerable, guys that have um, done their time in the core, or whether it's a couple of years or a full career, things happen and they get into a position where they need help. and. We support them as well, whether it's with jobs, um, education, uh, mental health provision, alcohol, uh, education, you name it, we, we can do it. And if, if we don't do it within the charity, I have contacts and we all have contacts that we can link people to. So we want every Royal Marine, serving or non-serving, when they need help, 
make the Royal Marines Charity, the RMA, the Royal Marines Charity, the first point of call. To, and if it's me, fantastic. If it's one of the other guys, just as good. And, that, and that's it, because you know we'll, we'll wrap up in a second. But just one of the things I've noticed in you know since I've been outside for well ten years now is a lot of people don't know what. So what you've just said then, it's in you know mental health, sport, respite courses finances guys are available to uh, that are available to lads and a lot of them just don't know who to pick up the phone yeah. and to call well one of the big things that people don't know if you're medically discharged or a vulnerable service leaver the charity will top up your uh, resettlement training if if you won't have to put your hand in your own pocket to top top a course up if you can't afford it. We will help you do that, and that's fantastic. It's not for the PVR guys, but that's their choice. But for anyone who's a vulnerable leaver, we will support you. So, lads, um, members of the core family, any, anyone that's listening, I think that the takeaway message from this is if you're listening to this and you need any kind of help or you are a family member or a friend of an ex-bootneck or anyone in the core family that potentially needs any kind of help, pick up the phone. Call RMA, the Royal Marines Charity, speak to someone in the office. It's highly likely that you'll get diverted to Jim and come under Jim's wing. But pick the phone up. This Jim just hit the nail on the head just now. You know, the RMA, the Royal Marines Charity, is the first port of call for anyone in the core family that needs any kind of help. So I think that's a good place to finish. That that's the key message. The website's good as well. There's a simple uh, need help tab on there, which gives you basic instructions, and someone will get in touch with you really quick through that as well. And are you happy if I put all your contact information? Yes, in? all my contact details are there for anybody anytime. And when I when I post this up on the various podcast uh, podcast platforms, social media, I will put Jim's email address and his work number in there. Just let people know. We need to spread the word with this to let people know because Jim said at the beginning, the hardest thing to do is to track people down. So if you know anyone that needs help, if you need help, um, spread the word, tag people, share this podcast, share this post, share the contact information, do whatever it is that you can. Um, That's why we're here. We exist and we live to help members of the core family that need it. Jim, thank you. Oh, one more thing. One thing, final thing I say is one thing that I see on social media lots of time, people, and it's not just Royal Marines, it's veterans in general, and serving guys, who quite often quote, there's nothing out there for the lads. Well, there is, there's loads out there for the lads. It's knowing where to look. And if you're a bootneck, you just, it's really simple. Just get in touch with the RMA, the Royal Marines Charity. Jim, thank you. Appreciate your time, mate. Um, this for me is, is I'm, I'm a little bit passionate about this, about spreading the word because you know I know as well as you know how many people are out there that need the support uh, thank you for your time really really appreciate it welcome Mark enjoyed that thank you I'm going to go around and speak to as many members of the of the staff here as I can to let everybody know all the the diverse nature of what we do and the the people that we have that can help Pam's next Pam's our alcohol awareness is that an official title she's our uh, she's a mental health nurse, trained mental health nurse, but she's an alcohol specialist right. and a substance misuse specialist. So I'm going to speak to Pam uh, as the next podcast to get out the word about what she does for anyone that might need that help. But guys, like I said, the key message is if you need it, if you know anyone else that needs a bit of support, a bit of help, 
get in contact. Well, there you go. That was RMA, the Royal Marine Charities Transition Support Officer, former Royal Marine Jim Morris, telling you all a little bit about what it is that he does now working for the charity. Now, I think if you can summarise all of that in a quick 15-second elevator pitch, I think I would say if there is any member of the Royal Marines family serving, retired, or a member of the core family, the wider core family, that needs help in any way, shape, or form, call the Royal Marines charity. That's it, summarised in, in a 15-second pitch. If there's support that you need for anything at all, just call RMA, the Royal Marines charity. Now, another thing Jim asked me to quickly mention, which we forgot to talk about on air, was a thing called Commando Connect. Now, currently... Commando Connect is held at 30 Commando, Stonehouse Barracks in Plymouth. It is not a charity initiative. It is an initiative of the unit of 30 Commando. And essentially, on the last Friday of every month, the officers mess will host um, the event. And it is where serving and retired Royal Marines come together to connect or to reconnect. Just have a bacon buddy, grab a wet. And effectively, just see what happens. There are no sales pitches. There are no hard sales, no presentations, none of that usual stuff at a networking event. It is just guys getting together to meet, you know, spin ditch, chew the fat. And funnily enough, a lot of the time, our little events like that and unofficial events with no agenda, a lot of good stuff happens. Now, I'll post on all our social media channels very regularly when these events come up. If you can get to them, please do. And if you think somebody you know could benefit from coming along to them, please let them know about the event. Guys, thank you, as always, for your support, for your sharing of this podcast, for your tagging of people who need to know what it is we're doing into all these posts. I really, really appreciate it. Until the next time. Mark out.